Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Eagle Brook Church Leadership Podcast. My name is John Alexander. I'm here with my co-host, Don Grafham. Don, how are you doing? Well, John, I'm not going to lie. I just got off a week of vacation. So you ever go on one of those vacations where you come back and you feel like you need a vacation from your vacation? Well, that's not me. I mean, I had a great time away where we sat by the pool. I won't tell you where we went, but it was 80s and sunny. So I'm rested. I'm restored. I'm ready to go. I'm looking forward to this podcast and being with you. And of course, our special guests. Can't wait for this. Nice. Awesome. Well, that's all we need to hear from you so far. Uh, <laughs> hey, we do have a couple of amazing special guests with us today, Gary Pishka and Tyler Gregory. And rather than introducing them, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Gary, who are you? Great. Thanks, guys. Uh, my name is Gary Pishka. I'm the Executive Director of Operations here at Eagle Brook. I've been on staff for about 13 years. That's awesome. What does Executive Director of Operations do? Uh, so I oversee our operations, which is a lot of the behind the scenes back end stuff. Uh, but the teams I oversee would be human resources, finance, expansion, technology, facilities, and our safety and security teams. That's awesome. So you basically run the church. Great. Tyler. Hey, Tyler, we want to hear from you. Who are you? Yeah, I'm Tyler Gregory. I've uh, been on staff for 16 years now, like last week, which is amazing. And uh, I am our executive pastor. So I get a chance to work alongside Jason and our leadership team to help lead our staff and lead our church. Did you get an anniversary card from your boss? I actually did. And it was wow. an incredible oh. one sent to my house and I practically teared up. It was really amazing. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> well, you have a great boss in, in case anyone's wondering, it's our senior pastor, Jason Strand. But anyways, Hey, with these two incredible leaders, we could talk about a number of topics, but today uh, we wanted to talk about how to keep a staff and a team aligned. I think every leader um, struggles with this, trying to keep a team, no matter how big, a staff, no matter how big, aligned and heading in the same direction. But first, a story. Um, I read this book a couple of years ago called The Boys in the Boat. Have you guys read this book? No. Oh, you should. It's incredible. It's historical nonfiction, truly a great book. And it was really about a topic I never would pick up on my own. <laughs> it was about rowing, of all things, and it was this story about how this group of nine, you know, rowers from the University of Washington, I'm from the state of Washington, so I was probably, you know, had some appeal there, but they were attempting to make the 1936 Berlin Olympics. And the thing that struck me was how incredibly fine-tuned this group of rowers needed to be. Um, in order to be the best in the world, I mean, it was fractions of seconds uh, that was the difference between them making the Olympics and them not making the Olympics, but they had to be perfectly aligned, all rowing in the same direction to the same cadence, carrying one another along the way. And in a similar way, the reason it had some leadership principles in there is that that's our hope for our staff. Um, it's been some fairly choppy and uh, unchartered, uncertain waters <laughs> these last few months or nine months. And we've just desired more than ever for our staff to be rowing in the same direction. It's been absolutely critical to our church um, here at Eagle Brook Church. So again, so whether you're a pastor who leads a staff uh, or church, or maybe you're a business leader who leads a team, one of the keys to being effective 
as a leader is to get your people rowing in the same way at the same time in the same direction. So today we're going to talk about staff alignment, how to be aligned as a staff. So Gary, I'm going to start with you. Why do you think staff alignment is so crucial? Well, I think it's about eliminating tension that can exist so we can smoothly operate, right? Smoothly row uh, and eliminate any bumps that we have along the way. Now, I don't think we're ever going to be able to eliminate those bumps, but really understanding who we are and how we all are agreeing to behave is a major piece of that alignment. So any team that I've ever been on, whether it's a staff team, a sports team, like knowing who we are and what we care about uh, is critical for being able to do that and to have that alignment. So we're all moving in the same direction with the same goals and the same focus. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, Tyler, anything to add to that? Why is, why is staff alignment so crucial? Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind for me is just clarity and focus. Um, I think when, uh, when I moved into my role four years ago, that was a huge deal for me. And then, uh, adding the right people to our leadership team who also, um, wanted to row in the same direction, honestly. And so, um, I think as a church for the last 20, 30 years, we've been doing that. Uh, we've been, we're a very focused church, I would say, and have a lot of clarity around the things that are most important to us. But we want to make sure that our staff were living those things out too, uh, because it really starts with us. Uh, if we as leaders aren't, aren't leading it in that direction, um, it's going to be tough for our church to follow. And so we needed to create kind of a healthy, healthy sense of we're all going in the same direction. Yeah. I remember that first leadership team meeting we had four years ago when you became executive pastor and you did sit us down and, and kind of from your perspective, these were some high level things that you wanted us to be aligned around. And you remind us of those, you know, frequently of the ways that as a leadership team, this is what we're going to be aligned around. And Don, now kicking it to you. Now in your role, Don, you oversee the nine campus locations so staff alignment is critical, maybe just in general, because we're going to get into the specifics of how we do this. But in general, how have you attempted to reach staff alignment? Yeah, well, I love that we're talking about this topic because it's so critical to who we are as an organization. And it's probably one of the most complex things about who we are as an organization. Even your example of nine guys in a boat. I mean, if they're not on the same cadence with each other, they're just It's not like they're going to not go the same direction. They're just going to be inefficient. They're going to be ineffective. They're probably even going to frustrate them each other along the way. And sometimes when I, you know, step up to the campus pastor table and there's nine of them. And I think, man, if we were to order pizza for lunch, I'm not sure we could all agree. You know, like somebody doesn't want pepperoni. Somebody doesn't want onions. I mean, just trying to get nine guys to order the same pizza. (laughs) I mean, I think about how hard that is. Much less complex initiatives and ministry strategies, you know, how do you get people aligned around that? So that is something that we're dealing with all the time. So if somebody's listening and they're struggling with this, just know that we're all in this together. I mean, that this is really difficult. So I think, again, I love that we're talking about this topic because I think the first thing I think about how to make this, how to make a group of people more aligned is to be as clear as possible. And even as we've talked about, we have different visuals, we have different stories. I mean, we show those things regularly and we even expect our staff to know them, memorize them and say them back to us on occasion. That's how clear we are. The second thing I think of is just be consistent. 
And even I thought of this as sometimes we value consistency over creativity. Now, I don't even love to say that because I love creativity, but consistency sometimes for the sake of all rowing the same direction matters. You don't want a creative rower. You know, you don't want this guy. I'm going to do it a little different today. You know, you want them to be consistent. And that really helps us to be effective because our mission uh, values that. We need to be that effective in doing the mission that God's called us to do. The third thing I thought of is repeat it until it's annoying. You know, I've heard somebody say that if you start diving into your vision culture or your mission and, and your staff start to roll their eyes, you're, you're probably start starting to do it well. And that can be true. Like, oh, here goes Dale Peterson telling the story about the kid on the, the hillside again, you know, when he was lost. Like, we've all heard that story probably 20 times. And we probably roll our eyes a little bit. But, I mean, that's what helps us to be consistent is by saying it over and over again. And we're doing the same thing even by doing this podcast. I think we want to just reinforce some of the things we've talked about. But let's make it as consistent as possible so that uh, we can continue to repeat it and people get aligned with it. And then they can agree, like, I'm on board with this, or maybe I'm not on board with this. And they can choose to select out if they need to. But but those are three things I thought of on how to do it is make it clear, be consistent, and repeat it until it's annoying. That's great. That's really well said. Well, let's get down to the nitty gritty a little bit. And because we all work at Eagle Brook Church, um, we're going to get into how we attempt to keep our staff aligned in our context. So if you're a business leader or work at a different church, you may have to do some translation. But for everyone who is a part of Eagle Brook Church, um, here's just one way that we've attempted to do so. And it's one of the things that we've really implemented more recently. We've always had some version of this, but we've really doubled down on what we're going to talk about in the last few years. So Gary, I want to go back to you. Tell us about how we've attempted to align our staff. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think as, as we walked through this, there, the reality was there were things, particularly amongst the leadership team, but along with our core staff, those who had been here, we just knew these were ways that we, things that we cared about and things that were we had great alignment on as a leadership team. And so we knew that when something popped up and kind of rubbed against us or was outside of this, we would all have a really consistent response. But the reality was we hadn't ever identified that or put it down on paper. And that was really hard because we were we had an expectation that this is how things would be, but we hadn't put it all together. And so that was really the driving reason behind putting it out there because we knew what we wanted and how we thought things, uh, we as people should be acting and uh, interacting with one another and what we wanted them doing in their lives. But it's not fair to ask people to do that if we're not really clear about it. And so the document was our chance to be able to put that together and give people a chance to see what our heart is and how we wanted things to be. And then that was this great opportunity to help people say, so are, are you in? Like, do you want to be in with us or do you want to opt out? And I think the great part about having it in paper is that we've got great clarity, right? We've, we've put it out there. It's in words. The, the words are there. Um, but people have a choice to be able to read that and to say, yes, like that's something I want to be a part of or whoa that just doesn't quite fit with me. And that's okay, right? Like it's not about having everybody be exactly like that, but it's about 
honoring the mission and where we're going so that we can all go together because it matters that much that we're doing this really well. Yeah, that's really well said. A lot of these things that we're going to talk about existed out there in Eagle Brook land, some even on paper, yep. but this attempt was to put all those things together and say, as a staff member, are you aligned around these things? And we, we labored over each word in this document. I mean, it maybe took six months, yeah. a year to complete because we really wanted to be crystal clear on every word so that people, like you said, could either opt in or opt out and no hard feelings. We just wanted to be clear about who we were, where we're going, how to row the boat. And, uh, and so we wanted to be clear on that. So that's, that's really well said. So Tyler, let's get into this a little bit. Um, what, what kinds of things are laid out on the staff alignment document? Yeah, I love I love what you guys are saying. I think you said it, Don. Is um, some sometimes there's there's a lot of things that we care about, and a lot of things when we're talking about strategies. And and the great part about something like this is, I think I think we boil down to what we care about most. And so, out of all the things, like what can we agree on? And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be tough to agree on toppings on a pizza <laughs> when you have nine different people saying, oh, I like this and I like that. And, and that's the case with a lot of things as leaders, I think. But, but really, we've, we've said, at the end of the day, here are the things that we can all agree on. Um, that's what we're trying to do here. So we kind of broke this down into a few different sections. The first one is core beliefs. We've had these as a church for forever, uh, really. And maybe we've changed the, the wording of these, but we have nine core beliefs that we say we are willing to die for. And so these are things that are just core to who we are. There's beliefs about God, beliefs about people and how God created people in his image. And then three beliefs about the church, the Bible, Christ's return. Um, these are things that are central to our faith. And they have been for us as a church, but our hope once again is that they would be central to each of our staff members as well. The second part is our five values. Uh, once again, we think if people grow in these five values, follow Jesus, spending time with God, connecting in community, serving others, and living generously, that, that they would become more like Christ. And um, we've challenged our church around these values. We've said, hey, please, you know, do these five values and you'll, you'll grow in your faith. And we've challenged our members over the years around these things. And once again, uh, we said, well, why wouldn't we want these for our staff as well? Of course we want these for our staff. And so we've now put them down on a sheet of paper and said, hey, here's what we want for each of our staff members. And by the way, it's not just that we want these for pastors or people who are, who are on the front lines of ministry, but this is really for any staff person. And then the third section is general responsibilities. And so there's just some things that when you work at a church, uh, matter a little bit more than when you don't. And we'll get into this a little bit more as we go, but things like personal purity. Um, wouldn't it be great if we were pure <laughs> as staff people? Um, relational integrity. How do we handle relationships with each other? Um, organizational loyalty. Uh, when you work at a church or really any organization, there's some things you do to be a great member of that organization. And we've tried to lay some of those things out. And then finally, interpersonal maturity. How do we, how do we seek to serve more than be served? 
How do we value, respect, and honor everyone? Um, these are just some ways and some behaviors that we want to see lived out in our staff because we feel like if we can do this well as staff, um, we're going to be healthy. And if we're healthy, I think our church is going to be a lot healthier. Um, the last thing I would say real quick is, are we going to be perfect in this? No. <laughs> we are sinful, messy people. And so uh, we're not going to get this right all the time. But these are really the things that we're, we're striving for so that we can be healthy, so our church can be healthy. Mm. That's really well summarized, Tyler. And I, are you speaking for yourself when you're not perfect around these? Because I tend to follow <laughs> yeah. perfectly. Yeah. No, that's just me, probably. Yeah, but, probably uh, just you, yeah. Just, yeah. you know, anyways. <laughs> no, that's not true. Uh, that, that's really well said. Don, there's one other section in here. And, and the reason we separated this out, we've actually covered these in a previous podcast. If we go back to January um, 2020 on our staff commitments. But really quickly, give us a refresher on this final piece of our staff alignment document at the bottom there, um, the staff commitments. Yeah, I, you know, before I do, I just wanna tail off with something Tyler said because uh, I do think he being our boss, and I shouldn't, I'm not blowing smoke here, this is true, is one of the most focused people I know. I mean, Tyler's so good at kind of sorting out all the insanity and saying this is the direction, this is the pizza order of the day. <laughs> This is the way we're going to roll, whichever analogy you want to use. Uh, and Tyler's outstanding at that. And, and so are you, Gary and John. I mean, you guys are all very focused people. I'm focused, challenged. You know, I, I love to chase new ideas. So I need you three in my life regularly to say, no, no, let's go back to this, which is why I'm like your customer. I'm the one that needs this document. You know, I'm the one that needs vision culture and pyramids and hedgehogs so that I stay on, on course. But yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but thank you for making that clear. That's no, that's, yeah, you were all thinking it. So <laughs> I just thought I'd beat you to the punch, but I honestly am grateful for you guys and your focus and just the way that you can bring clarity to these things. But but speaking of, let's talk about our staff staff commitments because this is the heart of who we are as a team. And uh, Gary, I know you were on this team and, and maybe you were, Tyler and John, I can't remember, where you originally just decided, uh, and as I understand it, you kind of had a group of people that thought about this for a while. What does a successful Eagle Brook staff member look like? What, what attributes do they exhibit? And after you sorted all those out, you kind of whittled it down to these five phrases, these five attributes, these five commitments, which, you know, really we try to state again over and over again so people understand it's part of our culture, but it's to own the mission. And uh, I love our vision culture. My fear is that it's so articulate is that some people can just kind of fill in the blanks like a final exam and not really own it, but, but great staff people own it. They don't just know the answers. They actually do those things. They live wisely. And we talk about godly wisdom, Eagle Brook wisdom, personal wisdom. So we want them to lead from wisdom and then they got They have to have some boldness. They got to lead boldly is the third thing. And so they can't just be timid. And there is a balance between humidity, humi humidity, humility, and boldness. Remember, yeah, yeah, I'm still coming out of the humidity. That's true. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then we need to make things better. And we have a feedback culture where we love each other enough to say, let's let the best idea rise to the top. And let's help each other get better every time we do something. And then let's love each other along the way. I think we'll talk a little bit more about that next year, too, about how we love each other. But those five staff commitments, successful Eagle Brook staff members do those things. And uh, every staff has its culture, by the way. 
And what I like about this whole exercise is that we've actually put phrases, we put words to that. So again, we can be clear about it, consistent, and we can repeat it over and over. Um, hey, Tyler, I'm gonna kick this one to you. This feels like a lot of pressure, right? I mean, some people get this and they're like, you expect me to do what? And I have to do all these things. And you know, the core beliefs, I've got to believe, you know, the core values, general responsibilities. I mean, just looking at the core values, for instance, if someone feels like this is a lot of pressure to live up to, and you did pop that bubble by saying we're messy and perfect, you, you don't always hit the mark. Um, but talk more about that. I mean, why do we expect people to behave this way, especially if they feel like it's a lot of added pressure? Yeah, a couple, couple thoughts. Um, really the, these ideas, these core beliefs, these values, even, even, the way of living responsibilities are, they are for our staff, um, but it's because they're really biblical. <laughs> and so this is what we want for, for any Christ follower, honestly. Um, it's just more important, I think, when, when you actually work at a church. Um, the, the level of importance is even heightened because people are watching and people are uh, following our lead in, in a sense. And so that would be the first thing is that um, yeah, it might feel like these are a bunch of rules, but, but they're really the way God wants us to live. And then on that, on that thought, um, hopefully they don't, over time, they don't feel like rules, but they feel more like, uh, maybe boundaries that we have in place once again, even as Christ followers. And, and I think this, this, this has played out in my own life where at first it might feel like a rule. But really, it, it saves us from, from some of the things, some of the sin, some of the things that might trip us up. And, and in the end, it actually brings freedom. Um, some of the things that we feel like are restrictive at times actually bring freedom in the end. You know, um, I was talking about some of these things with my kids yesterday, honestly. And so you put these rules or these things in place and, Hey, you have to behave this way. And why aren't you behaving this way and shape up? And, um, and what they don't realize is that it's for their own good. And I think that's, that's sort of what these things are too, um, is responsibilities, values, these core beliefs, these things that we align to hopefully in the end will bring freedom, um, to, to us as individuals, but also to us as a staff. Mm, So well said. Well, Gary, I want to drill down a little bit on the general responsibilities because um, let's just be honest. I think we tend to experience the most eye roll from staff around some of these general responsibilities. Um, So let's drill down on those a little bit. Why don't you unpack a few and maybe talk through some of the responsibilities we expect from our staff to be aligned around, but maybe we can talk a little bit about why they do cause some eye roll (laughs) as a response. Yeah. And maybe to just segue out of what Tyler said, I do think that getting to work at a church is a huge privilege, right? Especially for sinful people. Like we're invited into the mission of what God is doing. Uh, But there's a burden in that too, right? So it, before I worked at a church, my actions impacted my own personal ministry. 
But now working at church, my actions impact my personal ministry and have the ability to impact the ministry of this entire church, which is currently reaching thousands of people. And so there's a heightened awareness to that. And actually, even I would say a sacrifice in coming on staff of choosing to understand that my actions are no longer just impacting myself, but have a really wide span. Um, and so some of those, uh, you know, general responsibilities are, are part of that. It's a part of protecting the mission of the church and how we behave uh, and how that, how that it can impact everything. But one example um, that is unique to people coming in, and I would say has been maybe personally a large sacrifice in my own life is we have uh, what we would just call rule three for lack of a better phrasing. Um, but it really goes along with that personal purity piece and really protecting um, myself and my marriage, upholding my marriage as a uh, you know, something, something beautiful that I've been given that it's my responsibility to protect and to honor. And so we would say that, uh, as a married woman, I don't get to go just have lunch with any other man, right. As a married person, that should be like what I do with my husband. Now that's not to say anything untoward is going to happen just because we go to Culver's and get a burger, but it's the idea of putting or White Castle. I'm sorry, Don. No, we're talking. And I was going to interrupt, but I I thought you were on. But it's the idea of just what are those guardrails that you can put in place to just keep that. Now, that was a sacrifice for me because when I came on staff, I had been married just two months. And one of my best friends through all of my 20s had been a male who was also single. We hung out all of the time. And that was like, oh my gosh, I have to give that up. And the reality was I didn't, but I had to find new ways to engage in that relationship. And what's great is we've still continued to have a relationship, but the core relationship I have is with my husband. And so those are great examples that take some adjustment, but I found that's a, that is a valuable sacrifice that I've made uh, to just really have great integrity in my relationships, in my marriage, and to protect the ministry that I have, but also the ministry of the church, because people perceive all sorts of things. And also there's, there's chances, you know, I would never have an intention to do anything terrible, but if the temptation is there, if the boundary is not in place, it could happen, right? We know tons of people who love the Lord who have passed uh, moral boundaries. And so we just want to be thoughtful and protective of that. Other examples would be in relational integrity of like how we engage in interpersonally, like when we have conflict, how do we do that well? And how do we do that biblically? I want to engage and advise my staff, but they know the first question they'll say is, so what has that person said when you've talked to them about it? And sometimes it's, I haven't talked to them about it yet. It's like, great, let's process that after you have. And we want people to interact biblically with one another. We want to uphold that value. Um, and then the other piece too is, again, uh, with this whole idea of organizational loyalty and protecting the mission, um, we want to not uh, not do anything that will jeopardize the mission 
of Eagle Brook Church to be able to do everything we can to uphold and uplift the value of reaching people for Christ. And so we want to do that by engaging well, by speaking well, by praying for the organization uh, that we're, we're making these sacrifices to be a part of because it's that important. That's great. Hey, Don, um, I'm going to kick this one to you, but uh, we've made it very clear that we all fall short. We're all sinners. We all mess up at times, but inevitably someone does fall out of alignment, either based on belief, either based on action, maybe like their own choosing. Hey, I just don't believe this anymore. So I'm heading in this direction or they fall short because of sin and um, those kind of things. So talk to us about what happens when someone actually doesn't align with what's been laid out here on our staff alignment document. Yeah, I'll just even again kind of say something after what Gary said there is that there is something a little bit unfair about coming on staff at our church or maybe any church for that, probably any church, is that people really watch you. I mean, more than you even want. I mean, and it really is a little bit unfair because we'd be the first to admit we're sinful, broken people. Uh, I mean, I remember coaching my kids when they were young and we were playing, this is before I was on staff, we were playing another team that had an Eagle Brook staff member as a coach. And I remember just watching every move, like, are they going to yell at the umpire? Are they going to encourage kids? And we can all relate to that because athletics brings out the best and worst of us, but, mm. but we're being watched as staff members. And so uh, we need to make it clear, just like Gary's doing, like we're all doing here, but then, and then we have to address it when it doesn't work too. And, and it, it depends on the scenario. So it's hard to give a blanket answer on how do we handle when somebody's misaligned? Because if somebody's engaged in, in gossip, that's going to be different than if they have moral failure. You know, those are going to require different conversations. So maybe just as a sweeping principle, I would say you have to move in. I mean, you have to. And even there's times I hear something and I would just like to say, you know what, I'm going to just not pay attention to that for a little while and hope it goes away. <laughs> Sometimes I think if I'm real honest, there's real temptation to just say, I think that one will just drift away if I'm quiet long enough. But, but honestly... That's, that's obviously not good leadership. Good leadership moves in on those things, at least has the, count, the conversation, the question of, hey, we said that we're going to uh, love each other. And I, I feel like you did something here that, that might have broke that. And so now we need to move in. We need to talk about, or we've talked about how you represent us, the church, God, yourself on your, your social media. And there's something there that's a little bit over politicized or over opinionated or vulgar in some way, I guess we have to have a conversation about that. And I, I think always the leadership concept here is move in. When something starts to drift out of alignment, uh, move in. And along the way, I'm often asking myself, did I make it clear? Because uh, a, a lot of times it's actually my fault. Like, oh, I never <laughs> told them that that's a thing here. And that's partly why we're doing this too, is like, let's get it up front as, as much as possible. Uh, so is it my fault, first of all, and then if it's not like, is this a compliance issue or a misunderstanding? And then we carry the conversation from there. So in general, though, you have to lean in when people are misaligned and, and talk, reinforce what your culture is supposed to be like. Gosh, I, I love that. I know that drives uh, all of us crazy when we hear of situations that have like floated out there for a long time and no one's actually moved in. Part of our DNA is to move in. <laughs> actually. And so if you're a leader on staff and you see this out of alignment thing and it's going, 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 
I mean, at some point, someone is going to say, why have you not moved in or I'm going to do it for you? And that's just poor. That's abdicating your responsibility as a leader. Those tough conversations. I just um, read the motivation by, is that what it's called? By Patrick Galenciano, his latest book. But it's talking about one of the, one of the responsibilities of a leader is to have those tough conversations and you can't abdicate that. You can't pass that off. It's actually, that is the cost of leadership. Like I have to have that awkward conversation. Use the example of my coworker has bad breath and no one has said anything. Like everyone knows this person has bad breath. Well, it's super awkward to go to Gary and be like, Gary, your breath stinks all the time. <laughs> but but it's because you love me. That's Please tell me. The leader. Because if I don't say it, then she's going to be out of alignment because her breath is so bad. That's probably a bad example. But I have uh, Really well said to move in. Also, the other point here that we wanted to make clear is that, you know, oftentimes there's several conversations happening behind closed doors um, with staff leaders before they make an eventual exit. Um, I think oftentimes people see someone who leaves either on their own doing or maybe they were um, they were let go. But, and they, they think to themselves, oh, that just happened out of the blue. I can tell you 100% of the time at Eagle Brook Church, there have been dozens of conversations with, with these people trying to make it work, trying to bring into alignment. And that, that is a key value of ours as well. We don't just on a whim make those decisions or, or hope that people just on a whim leave. We hope there's been dozens of loving but confrontational conversations around those alignment things. Hey, a couple more questions for us here. Um, Gary, now you oversee the HR department and the hiring process, and maybe people are listening who are considering coming on staff. They have applied. Um, maybe they're just in the process of getting hired. But, but sometimes what happens is um, people are coming on staff and they've got a question like, I don't know if I agree with this staff alignment thing. Or people who've been on staff a while, God changes a heart, a belief, a uh, gosh, I don't know if I believe that anymore. I've been on staff for 10 years. What's happening here? I don't feel aligned with the direction Eaglebrook's heading. Let's just talk about that in in general. How do we handle um, those situations for people who are either new and coming on and don't have alignment or people who've been around a long time and now suddenly find themselves out of alignment? Yeah, great question. Um, Either way, I think we really want to honor the fact that that other that that staff or that potential staff are really engaging, right? Like Don said, we we are trying to do our very best part to make it wildly clear, but it's amazing when our staff pick that up and like are processing it and trying to figure out like, is is this me? Can I be in with this? And so when questions arise, whether that's for new potential staff or our existing staff as they're, you know, continuing to evolve, like that's great. So anybody who's listening to this, like when that happens, we want to understand like that takes a lot of trust for somebody to ask us that question, to expose kind of what they're thinking. And so we want to steward that and handle that really well. But our goal in either one of those is to really help that individual understand what our other organization, what our heart is and why these exist the way they do and why we've documented them and why we've worded it the way we have and really what we want for our individuals in that, but also the responsibility we feel to the organization um, to uphold these. And 
ideally we can come to a resolution where they can work through it. And sometimes that takes a couple conversations. Um, and sometimes it takes some soul searching on the individual's part. And sometimes it makes them, or it comes to a point where they have to choose, right? Can I jump in and do this with great integrity, both feet in, or do I need to opt out? And we honor that choice when people need to opt out. Like we get it. We love those people. We think there is a place in kingdom work for them, but we can recognize that it's just probably not at Eagle Brook and still wish them the best in what they're doing. Um, because we know that God does amazing things through all kinds of people. Mm. So well said. Um, Tyler, just final question to you. And this is kind of coming back to the why we started with some of this, but why does all this matter? I mean, why does, you know, organizational loyalty and relational integrity and the, and the fact that we want people to connect in community and have these beliefs about people and, and own the mission. I mean, I'm giving high level, but, but why does all of this matter, um, to us as a church? Why does it matter for other leaders? Why does it matter for someone who's, on a team and trying to figure out why does alignment matter ultimately? Yeah, I, there's two ways I would probably answer that. And the first is, uh, individually, I think we, we are for people. (laughs) We, we want people to, to grow in their faith. We want them to become all that God wants them to be. Um, it's, it's, it's why I've said for several years now, uh, who you are is more important than what you do. We really want that for our staff. We, we want them to become everything that God wants them to be. And that might be here. It might be somewhere else. Uh, but that's truly the heart of this is we want people to become more like Christ. And uh, we think that if, if we grow in these beliefs and values and, and even how we treat one another, um, we're going to do that better. Um, but then like we've talked about already, uh, we're, we're going to go further faster as an organization if we all do that together. So if individually we can grow and become more like Christ, uh, man, just think of what God's going to do through our church, uh, with a group of people who are all committed to the same thing, who, who all have clarity and focus and keep the main thing, the main thing, um, man, you put them all together. You, you mentioned John, nine people in a, in a boat, <laughs> just think if it was hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people, uh, all rowing in the same direction. Just think of what God would do with that. And so, um, that's, that's really the why. Mm. You guys, I'm fired up. I want to work at this church. So can <laughs> part of it. Uh, truly, I just I just loved that conversation um, that we had together. I think you guys are all brilliant, and the alignment that we have with one another, the alignment we want for our staff and our teams, and and we hire a lot of people um, who are brand new, and so it, it takes a lot of ongoing effort. I mean, what what's the recent like a third of our staff have been hired in the last eighteen months, twenty four yeah. months, Gary, and so that's a and that's you know that's 80, 100 people or so that have been hired that we have to help bring into alignment and then talk about volunteers and, and some of our, you know, attenders. And just like you said, Tyler, when you can get people rowing in the same direction, um, there's an incredible impact that can be made. Uh, I'll, I'll end with this question. It's okay if you don't have anything to add because um, it's been such a great conversation, but Tyler summarized it so well. Don or Gary, anything else to add here as we, as we sign off? 
Uh, I'll just, I mean, just to reinforce how critical this conversation is. I mean, the the importance of alignment is something that leaders should spend a lot of time thinking about. You know, you can't drift into alignment. I mean, leaders have to to say it. They have to clarify it, repeat it. I mean, and and if you don't, you're probably assuming people are going the same way, and that's when frustration occurs. So, again, I, I just think this is so critical and. If it's something that you haven't spent a lot of time thinking on, hopefully you can walk away from this conversation and and spend some time diving in on on your alignment factor. Yeah, Gary, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true for our staff too, right? Like they have to actively engage in this. So my uh, my challenge would be for our staff to be able to grab it and just constantly assess, like, am I am I aligned with this? Because the danger is, if you're not, you're actually probably holding holding it back than helping move it forward. And so our our responsibility, because we love each other and we own the mission, is to make sure we are aligned. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again, guys. Uh, for everyone listening, thanks uh, for joining us. That's all we got for this episode of the Eelberg Church Leadership Podcast. We hope it added some value to your life as a leader, whatever team, whatever staff you're a part of. Um, we just believe when leaders get better, the church gets better. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you for the next episode of the Eagleberg Church Leadership Podcast.